When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, it's Dan and welcome to our Tuesday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Today it's the Hey Mary Kay edition of the pod. So our Football Insider subscribers ask all kinds of questions and they're really focused around kind of the big topics of the week. So we get into Kevin Stefanski's play calling decisions, we get into Baker Mayfield's performance, and we also get into uh, the Browns playoff path. Uh, the way to win the AFC North and how realistic it might be. So that's all coming up on the Orange and Brown Talk pod. Now, if you're not a Football Insider subscriber, why not finish out the season as one? Cleveland.com slash Browns, the blue banner at the top of the page to get that newsletter delivered to your inbox every single day. Get texts from us throughout the day when news breaks, analysis, all that stuff, and also get access to those exclusive stories on Cleveland.com slash Browns. So again, go to Cleveland.com slash Browns, click the blue banner at the top of the page, get all the info, and get signed up. All right, here we go. It's our Tuesday edition. Oh, by the way, I say nice things about the Pittsburgh Steelers in this podcast, so stick around for that. It's coming up here on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. And here we go on the Hey Mary Kay edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Let's get to our football insider questions that they sent us and Mary Kay, as you would expect. They want to get to the big topics that have come out of that game on Saturday, the loss to the Green Bay Packers, 24-22. So let's just start here. Uh, We're going to start with Kevin Stefanski, and a lot of people wanted to talk about his play calling and the decision-making, and of course, we heard from Kevin today as well. So we'll start with Duncan Bell from Waterdown, Ontario. So we're going north of the border for this one. He says, hey, Mary Kay, I found it interesting and challenging that Coach Stefanski thought not running the ball from the 50 yard line in their last series of plays was a good idea after the success they had running during the game. What are your thoughts? Well, you know, we've talked a lot about this. We've kicked around this notion. Uh, My thoughts on it are when you call a play and it is successful, nobody gives it a second thought when it's not successful. uh, Everybody gets to pile onto it and say that that was horrible play calling Uh, in the Raiders game. Uh, There, you know, there was a lot of talk about how they ran the ball too much and didn't try to throw it. And they ran three straight times and and blew it. Uh, In this particular game, uh, the gripe is that they threw the ball three straight times and blew it when they were running the ball really well. And I guess a case can be made for that. But, um, you know, I think you and you and I agree on this, Dan, when you have a QB one that was drafted number one overall, you expect him to be able to complete a few simple passes on a drive like that, especially when you have a rookie kicker who's never kicked in an NFL game and you're at the 50 and you are going to need to move roughly 30 yards in order to get your kicker in position to feel comfortable. So I don't have a problem with, with attempting a pass on first down or second down, uh, You know, I I just don't really have an issue with it. What I do have an issue with is the fact that uh, their quarterback right now just is not functioning like uh, a winning, successful NFL quarterback, and that is hurting the football team. Yeah, I mean, the the throws were there. 
you know, I, 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 I will listen to the argument that you should have handed the ball to Nick Chubb once or twice. Like, that's fine. You had time to do it and you had the timeouts. But the plays he called were there. And that's, I mean, that screen was set up for Dearness Johnson to keep running for a long time. And Baker almost threw an interception. He almost, a linebacker almost intercepted him on that throw. Mm -hmm. So it was there when he threw the ball, the quarterback just didn't execute on those throws. And, and again, I just think it's, you know, we talked about this before we started recording. And, and I think it's really important to note this because people are talking about this, like you only needed 15 yards. Mm-hmm. You, know, you mentioned it. They needed to get 30 yards to feel comfortable. And I even think comfortable is the wrong word. Mm-hmm. I think they would have gripped the steering wheel really hard and prayed if they were sending him out for a 37 yard field goal. I know he made one earlier, but I, I watched every single warm up kick that he took. If you're 40 and beyond, you weren't feeling very good about that. I, they needed to get to at least the 20 to even think about it. And maybe even closer to even feel like, okay, we have a chance to win this game with a kick. Yeah. And, and Kevin Stefanski was also very adamant about the fact that they didn't want to do that. They were not going for the field goal. Uh, It's also, you know, the reason why, uh, you know, John Harbaugh has had to do some things the way that he's had to do them because he hasn't trusted his secondary. So he's had to go for, uh, you know, late two pointers that might not make sense to everybody in the world. In this case, they were trying to go for the touchdown because once again, they, they didn't have a kicker. Uh, Even if they had Chase McLaughlin, they wouldn't (laughs) have had a kicker. Right. But you at least would have like, like you could have tried a 50 yard field goal with McLaughlin. Right. He's got the leg. Right. Like I'm I'm just, I'm just telling everyone. Yeah. He was not going to make a 50 yard field goal. It was not going to happen. No. So they did what they felt that they had to do. They needed a chunk play and you know, in, in times like that, they are going to stack the box. They're going to do what they're going to be expecting Nick Chubb to run the ball or Dearness Johnson to run the ball. And they are going to load up the box in that situation. So, you know, once again, they did what they had to do. Uh, but I think that that Baker was off. They would have been brilliant play calls had the passes been good. The passes were not good. None of them. All three of them were bad. Three straight bad passes. That was the problem. Yeah, and, and you know, obviously, look, again, there, there was a hold. It was pretty clear there was a hold. The DB kind of slingshotted himself into that interception, and there should have been a flag. But the two throws before that shouldn't, shouldn't have even made that an issue. Yeah, and here's the other thing on that, too. There is absolutely no guarantee whatsoever that Donovan Peoples-Jones would have caught that pass anyways because Donovan and Baker Mayfield – we're not on the same page at all in that football game. Donovan was targeted, targeted six times and he caught one pass for five yards. It continued a two week streak of those two guys not being on the same page. If you go back to the Raiders game in the first half, he was one of five targets for six yards, including some breakups and a couple of drops. So those guys are kind of off. So to, to even think that that was going to be, uh, a surefire completion, also not so. Okay, another uh, Kevin Stefanski question before we really get into the Baker questions. This comes from Glenn uh, in Iowa, and he says he's a Cleveland native. He says, hey, Mary Kay, is there any chance Kevin Stefanski would allow another play caller? His scheme is great, but I feel the play calls have gotten stale. I actually kind of disagree with that last part of the question based on what we saw on Saturday, but it has sort of been a theme at least this season, uh, Kevin's play calling. So 
what do you think about a potential new play caller either this year or next year? You know what? Here's the thing. I don't think all of the sudden Kevin Stefanski became a vanilla bad play caller. I don't think that happened. We saw all the things that he did last year. My goodness, run it back. Let's remember he was having Jarvis Landry throw touchdown passes to Odell Beckham Jr. He was running jet sweeps. He was doing all kinds of things uh, that were creative and they were successful. And he's not doing those things this year for a number of reasons. First of all, Jarvis Landry has not been himself this year, right? I mean, let's, let's admit it, whether it's from the sprained knee that he never came back from or whether he has just gotten, you know, one year older and, you know, that has hampered him a little bit this year or whatever the case may be, he hasn't been the guy uh, that, that you can get that surefire trick play out of this year. He's actually, some of them have worked, some of them haven't, but there haven't been as many. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. is gone, so you can't do the fun things that you can do with an Odell Beckham Jr. Some of the guys that you would normally have to do that just were not around and available to be able to do those things. Anthony Schwartz, you know, you can run some jet sweeps and things with Anthony Schwartz, but he's, he's had a lost season. I mean, he's, he missed three games with a concussion, all kinds of time trying to come back from a hamstring injury. And it's just kind of, okay. It just didn't go the way that they wanted it to. Rashard Higgins lost year. I just got done writing a column. We are taping this on Monday evening. I wrote a whole column about the tricky evaluation of Baker Mayfield based on a bunch of different things this season. And a huge chunk of it was just the challenged receiving core. It's just not good. It's not a good receiving core right now with no bona fide deep threat. Odell Beckham Jr. Gone. They've tried to make Donovan Peoples Jones into the go, go guy. I mean, and you know what? He's not your ex. He's not go run speed haul ass down the field and catch the go route. I mean, that's just not what he's supposed to do. He is supposed to, um, you know, out muscle and, and beat the one-on-one coverage to the ball. That's, that's what he does. Uh, but, but he's not your 4.3 guy that's supposed to get behind the entire defense every single time. And they've tried to make him that, and they have taken him to his point of almost not being effective. Okay. It's just, it hasn't been good for him. Now he has, they haven't had any choice, but now that Anthony Schwartz is back, maybe they can fix that. But now Baker and Donovan Peoples Jones are almost exhibiting some of the same chemistry issues that he had with, with Odell. And that's dangerous when you start to look at it that because Odell has caught four touchdown passes in his last five games with the Rams. I mean, that kind of tells you what you need to know about why things did not go well here. Yeah. And I think the, the problem is, is I don't think Anthony Schwartz is that guy either. He's fast, but he's not like a deep threat. Number one receiver. Mm-mm. Like he's, he's a guy that wins when he's, he doesn't have to be the number one guy. And that's, that's probably why you're look, going to start looking at guys in the draft and start looking at guys in free agency. Cause it's not just, you got to be fast. It's you got to be fast and you got to win. And the Browns just don't have a guy that's both of those things. And I mean, it would be, it would be unfair to expect that of Anthony Schwartz, especially with everything just piled on top of, you know, not just who he is, but like the hamstrings, the concussions, like just no consistency. Like you've said it, this is a lost year for him in a lot of ways. And it's not his fault. 
Yeah, I mean, he was supposed to sort of be the icing on the cake, right? I mean, you had Jarvis, you had Odell, you had Donovan Peoples-Jones, and then you were going to have Anthony Schwartz that could come in. And also, you know, you could send Odell and Anthony uh, both on deep routes at the same time, get behind a defense, throw the ball to one of those guys, see where you get the better one-on-one matchup. That's what it was supposed to be. He was supposed to be kind of, you know, a fun guy to throw out there and see what you could get done this year sort of thing. Um, but obviously it, it hasn't worked out that way. And so I think Kevin Stefanski's play calling has been dictated by the poor and challenged receiving core and injuries to Baker Mayfield. This was one of the things I also wrote in the column. He has not been the same since he put that darn harness on. He, since he tore the labrum and he, and he put the harness on. Now maybe the injury isn't quite the factor, but maybe the harness is. Maybe the bulky harness throws him off. Also, and I didn't even get into this part about it, though, defenses have played him differently. I mean, they just, they have. They've played him differently. They're not letting him uh, run the keepers and things like that. And that has taken away one of his strengths. So Kevin Stefanski hasn't been able to call the plays the way that he did last year. I mean, all we ever saw last year was, was Baker Mayfield, you know, like mostly rolling out, looked to me like his left most of the time, rolling out to his left and having acres of space around him to operate and then complete the pass to his one-on-one man. Well, nobody's letting him do that this year. He's, he's supposed to have to stay in the pocket and see over tall people and try to make the right read. And he's also getting a ton of pride. He doesn't have the offensive tackles this year either. Jack Conklin, not having Jack Conklin, that really hurts. I mean, that really hurts. We're never going to confuse Blake Hans with Jack Conklin. I mean, in the past, I mean, never going to happen. Right. And obviously Judd Wills has been out. It's just been, you know, you have to call the game a little differently when your quarterback's not getting protected either. Not only is he sort of being forced to stay in the pocket more, but he doesn't have the protection that he had last year because your all pro right tackle is not there. And your left tackle who better rebound next year and have a good season has struggled because of an ankle and COVID and it just, it just hasn't been there. I This is an aside. I've been thinking about when the season's over, whenever that happens, some of the pods we might do and thinking about what position reviews might look like and every single position, it's just going to be juicy to sit down and dissect and what they're going to do and what they need to add, which is so different from last year, I, I think in a lot of ways. So um, we'll keep an eye out for that. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast because we'll, we'll probably get into a lot of that once the season is finally over, which by the way, we do have a lot of questions about that's going to come up in the second half of the pod, but first we've got to talk about Baker Mayfield. So we'll start with Shannon, our guy Shannon from Lake Charles, Louisiana, says, hey, Mary Kay, with all the Baker must go talk, so many people need to realize that you can't just get your franchise quarterback. If that was the case, then wouldn't every team do it? We had a few questions kind of along this line um, of, of people a little frustrated with the Baker must go talk and what's the alternative. So that's kind of what Shannon is getting at here. And maybe that's part of your value, you know, the column you just put up about evaluating Baker. If it's not Baker, who is it? Well, you know, that, that is the tricky part of the question, but here is one thing uh, that I will never subscribe to. I will never be uh, a person that will say, well, look at the crappy quarterbacks that they had before Baker showed up. So everybody should just be happy with him. You know what? 
everybody needs to be happy with good quarterback play. And if that comes from Baker, fine. If it doesn't come from Baker, then they need to upgrade because it doesn't matter who's on that jersey or who's on that shirt before him. And it doesn't matter what they did or what they didn't do. What matters is that this team is built to win now. They have a really good defense getting better by the minute. They still have a really good running game. Two of the best offensive guards in the NFL. Two of the best running backs in the NFL. Some really good tight ends. Um, But what they don't have right now is the good quarterback play. Now, where can you get that? You know what? That's why you hire Andrew Barry to figure out who can play better quarterback for you than Baker Mayfield if that's what you decide has to happen. And again, it's a tough evaluation. I'll tell you why in a couple minutes here. Um, But, you know, you need to go out. Hey, you cannot sit back and accept the fact that, well, you know, Russell Wilson doesn't have the Cleveland Browns on his list and Aaron Rodgers would never come here. And, you know, this would never happen and that would never happen. You know, you, if you can show a quarterback like that, that you have an amazing defense, a really good offensive line, and all those other things that we talked about, and you're and you upgrade the receiving core, which you absolutely need to do. Doug wants Garrett Wilson. Sounds good enough to me right now because we haven't I haven't studied them yet. I'll take Doug's worth word for it. Draft Garrett Wilson or add they need two or three really good receivers added onto this football team somehow, some way. But if you can show a quarterback, a really good elite quarter that's what they need they need an elite quarterback or elite quarterback play if you can show one of those guys that that's what he's going to have around him and that they just need to plug that person in to get to the super bowl that's what quarter good quarterbacks want they want to go to the super bowl that is what they want and you know i I don't know that there are that many other football teams in the nfl right now like set up to go to the super bowl except for the quarterback. I don't know that there's a better situation for a quarterback to come into, providing that you add two really, really good receivers. And, and you know, the tight, I mean, look, everybody would want to have Mark Andrews or a tight end like that. And the Browns don't have that. I mean, they don't have that. I actually think they could use one like star tight end right now that they don't have as well. But um, so I think you need, would need to try to, to get one of those guys. Oh, let's talk about this. Deshaun Watson. Yes. I, well, there, I, I, I'm glad you brought that up because there was a question about Deshaun Watson. So I was going to ask you. That. Yeah. Yes. As long as he, as he clears his legal issues and is cleared of wrongdoing, obviously that would have to happen. But if he's cleared of wrongdoing, 100% the Browns would look at Deshaun Watson. Absolutely. They would look at Deshaun Watson. And here's one reason why I know that. They know that they undervalued Deshaun Watson coming out in that draft in 2017. They know that they did. Obviously, they did. I mean, they traded away from Deshaun Watson. Andrew Berry was here that year. I mean, that was just they were so messed up that year in terms of their coaching staff and their personnel staff with Hugh Jackson and Sashi Brown. And I mean, it was just, it, they were not evaluating quarterbacks correctly that year because they were not aligned in the organization and they made mistakes. And that was one of them. They did not correctly evaluate Deshaun Watson. And now they have a chance to get it right. If they're comfortable with his behavior 
and he's cleared of wrongdoing from a legal standpoint. Of course, 100%. There's no doubt in my mind that if you can get a guy like that under your football team, that you would do anything that you could in the event that, that you're comfortable with his, uh, with his off the field issues. Yeah. Look, the Deshaun Watson thing is a whole, it's a whole podcast mm-hmm. under its own. Um, yep. But I'll, all I'll say is if they trade for Deshaun Watson, they should never, they can never use the phrase tough, smart and accountable again. That just, that just has to be out of the lexicon. You're not allowed to use that anymore. But right. beyond that, that's like I said, that's a whole nother podcast. Um, yeah. I mean, the issues are, if you can get that elite guy for the reasons you said, right. You plug a quarterback in, you can probably go in the Super Bowl. So the issues mm-hmm. they just have to fight against are that they don't have the assets to compete against some of these other teams who might be looking at those guys. And, you know, maybe Aaron Rodgers just wants to live in California <laughs> or like, yeah, right. like you're right. I think most of these guys do want to win the Super Bowl, So they have that going for them, but I don't know. It, we'll see. I, I, I wouldn't take anything off the table for this team, but the other alternative too, is you go the Patriots route and you just have a guy in the draft. You really like who you think can come in and fit in your system and run your offense and not turn the ball over a bunch like Baker has over the last five games. And maybe, maybe you go that route. I think there's a lot of alternatives out there. And just one more thing. We're kind of talking about Baker, like he's lit the world on fire this year. I mean, there's no, there's nothing out there that says Baker is like better than some of these other quarterbacks, like a Derek Carr or a Kirk Cousins, or, and I'm not saying those guys are the answers or a Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, I mean, there's some of those guys that I wouldn't be interested in. I, I actually would be interested in Derek Carr, but right. Baker hasn't played better than those guys. And no. it's by a wide margin. Right. And you know what? I actually, there was a line in my uh, column today where I just, you know, I said he was the third best quarterback in the AFC North. And actually uh, now he might be the fourth best quarterback in the AFC North. If you throw Tyler Huntley into the mix, <laughs> right? So, I mean, I, you'd have to qualify and say third best starting quarterback in the AFC North um, because all of a sudden now, uh, Tyler Huntley, but here is, um, here are some of the reasons why, uh, I'm calling this a difficult and tricky evaluation. Well, first of all, Baker Mayfield, as we know, is under contract next season on his option tender of $18.858 million. So that's guaranteed already. That was guaranteed when you exercised it. So what they would have to do if they decide to part ways, they have to trade him. I mean, you're not, you're, or, or you can bench him. You, you can have, you can bench him and have him on the bench for, you know, for that amount of money, if you had to, if you were going to upgrade. I, I don't know if you could bench Baker though. Well, I'm just saying these I are mean, for the money, for the money. Yes. But Baker, it's uh, Baker himself. I don't know. If, I know the way the fan base is about him and it's it, not the whole fan base, but some probably not, and the Baker's probably, personality. Right. It's probably not, not going to happen that way, but I mean, your, your options are, your options are you play him next year and see how it goes, bring somebody else in, um, and have your Ryan Tannehill waiting in the wings or the two sides put their heads together and say, this really isn't working out for either of us. Let's all go out. Let's go forth and look for a trade and see if they can't upgrade. Now, if the Browns can get their hands on, one of these quarterbacks that we're talking about, the Derek Cars of the world, the Kirk Cousins, whoever might possibly become available, um, you know, Russell Wilson, whoever. 
uh, if they can get their hands on one of those guys, then by all means, they would try to trade Baker Mayfield. They would try to trade Baker Mayfield. They're not going to bring Derek Carr here and have Baker Mayfield here too. I don't think they would do that. I mean, stranger things have happened, but I would think if they find themselves an upgrade as a starter, they would try to trade. If they decide, hey, look, Baker was hurt. We had no receivers on the football team this year. Our defensive tackles were injured and not around. And we had to call plays that didn't, that were not well suited to what he does because of everything going on around him. And we think it's going to get better next year. Then you still have to have a plan B. You, then you have to have a quarterback on your roster that you can plug in there in the event that the first four or five games show you that he is who he has been this year. If he is who he has been this year, you have to quickly be able to reverse field and get this thing going in the right direction, because this is a football team built to win. And I'm telling you right now, you know, miles Garrett, as well as I know miles Garrett from covering him all these years, right? He's aiming for greatness. He's aiming for the Super Bowl. It's the defense is a championship caliber defense, in my opinion, right now. I think this defense is good enough to help a team win the Super Bowl right now. I mean, we just watched them have a really damn good game in Green Bay, and they didn't have a bunch of starters. Greg Newsome, John Johnson, Jadavian Clowney, Malik McDowell, Ronnie Harrison. Those guys were not in Green Bay with this defense. So this is a championship caliber defense and they're, they're playing really, really well. They're not going to have the patience to lose. No. I mean, they're already, these guys, I know that there are some players on this football team that are like, what are we doing? We should be going to the Super Bowl this year. Like, what are we doing? So, and I think some of these players will be vocal, right? I mean, Miles has become a very vocal young man. It wouldn't surprise me if he throws his two cents in and says, what are we doing here? Like, we've got to make sure that we have such and such. We, you know, we're doing our part and we need the other side of the ball. I mean, I don't know if he would say that, but I'm just saying that I think that he's speaking up right now and expressing himself. And I wouldn't be surprised if he would, you know, go to the front office and say, you know, prove to us that this guy can get the job done or give us a, a better quarterback. Okay, this is, uh, again, like, like I mentioned, I think a lot of people are talking about Baker like still last year, uh, but this is, these are his last five games. 56.13 completion percentage, seven touchdowns, eight interceptions, 66.8 rating. He's taken 10 sacks, um, and he's averaging 181.6 yards per game. He's had one game with a completion percentage higher than 58% in his last five. And his rating has been over 79.4 just once. So it's it's been bad. It's been really bad the last five games. It, it has, Dan, it has been bad. But remember, if you took away, um, let's just say, take Jamar Chase and T Higgins away from Joe Burrow or take Tyreek Hill and 
I, I can't say Travis Kelsey, but I mean, take Tyreek Hill away from Patrick or take, um, you know what I mean? You, you get the point. Take Stefan Diggs away from John Josh Allen. Baker Mayfield right now does not have a receiving court, in my opinion. I don't think he's got the right receiving core to be able to get the job done. Now, maybe not. Maybe I'm making an excuse for him right now. But I do have to wonder, would he not be better with a Justin Jefferson, a Devontae Adams, a Stefan Diggs, a, you know, one of those? An Odell, an Odell Beckham. An Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah, you're a good point. Good point. I mean, it, that's why it's hard, a hard evaluation. Is it him or is it some of the things that have gone on around him? It's, it's tough to say. I mean, it, it's, it's easy to look at the numbers and say, forget it. It's, you know, it's time to move on and replace him. And I think they probably are at that point already. To be honest with you, I think they're seeing, I think they've seen enough. I think they've seen enough. I don't know that for sure. And I could be completely wrong about that, but I think they realize that they have a team built to win. I mean, they can, they can see what's going on with this defense. They can see what's going on with their running game and they can see what's going on with the quarterback who Andrew Barry told us was going to play his best football in his last five games. And it's yeah. been his worst. <laughs> yeah. Now look, he's got a chance to save it. And that's what we're going to talk about uh, when we come back from the break. And back on the Hey MK edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Of course, Mary Kay, we had questions about this team and the playoffs. And we're going to start with a question from Pittsburgh. Megan in Pittsburgh uh, asked us this question about the playoffs. So here we go. Hey, Mary Kay. Last year, there was a good deal of discussion around what would be a success or failure of the season, with the playoffs being the bar. So the Browns still have a shot at the playoffs. If you don't know what that is, what those scenarios are, go find Mary Kay's story about it from Sunday. But it's hard to see them making much noise in the playoffs with the non-existent offense. They're playing meaningful December football, but are also back to questioning the quarterback and or coach. So Megan says she doesn't think the Browns are in the same old Browns territory, but how do we judge the success of this year's team, even if the scenarios do play out and they make the playoffs? Well, I mean, it's a good question. I think that if they make the playoffs and they win a couple of playoff games, I think you can consider that to be a pretty successful season. I would consider, consider that to be a success. However, I still think that you would know what you're looking at. You didn't get there because of your passing game or your quarterback. If you get there, it's going to be because of your running game and your defense. And so I think your passing game is still broken. And I think you still need to fix it. I think you can consider the season a success if you make the playoffs and you win at least one playoff game. I still think that you could probably consider it to be somewhat of a success. Not the success anybody expected, but a success nonetheless, given everything that's gone on this season. It will not change the fact that you have got to fix your passing game and probably your quarterback. Yeah, I it, it was such, it was a really good question. I, I was trying to figure it out. Like, and I do think you're right. I think if you make the playoffs, you win a wild card game after everything this team has been through. Mm-hmm. And, and, and if they look, the, their way to the playoffs is the division. I don't think they're getting a wild card. So the way to the playoffs is the division. So they'd get that game at home regardless. And so if you win that game, get to the next round, 
at least make yourself feel good about like, okay, we went through all this COVID stuff, quarterback issues, Odell, all the adversity, all the injuries, and we still managed to win a playoff game. That tells me something about the structure this team has in place moving forward. So it's not like it's a failure in the sense that they probably should have been AFC contenders and Super Bowl contenders, but it's not like an absolute complete total failure. There is some success to be found in there, I think. Right. Absolutely. 100%. And I hope somebody asks me uh, in our lineup today why, uh, why I believe that it's not far-fetched that the Browns actually still can win the AFC North and still can go to the playoffs. Well, so, I'm glad you said that because Jim and Boardman <laughs> came through. Okay. <laughs> so I'll ahead. read his question before you, before you go here. Okay. Hey, Mary Kay. Frankly, I'm tired of reading all the if this, then this, coupled by this happening stuff after the Browns lose two games they had every opportunity to win. Whatever the remaining playoff scenarios are, they all start with the Browns having to win their last two games. So what confidence should fans have that that could actually happen given the disappointing losses the past two weeks? Yay. Thank you, Jim. (laughs) You came through for me. I'm so happy. I needed to be able to answer this for you guys uh, on the pod. And I'll tell you, because I've given this a lot of thought. I did write a column about it after the Steelers beat down by the Chiefs and after the Bengals beat the Ravens to reset everything. Um, you know, I have given this a lot of thought. So my, my belief is that it is not far-fetched that the Browns can still win the AFC North and make the playoffs that way. They're not making it as a wild card, but I still think that they can win the AFC North. And here's why I feel that way. Am I saying that they're for sure going to do it? No, I'm not going to, I'm not saying that I'm saying that it's, it's possible and not necessarily probable, but they have a decent chance. And here's why. First of all, the Steelers are broken. Okay, now the Browns need to beat the Steelers and they need it on the road on Monday Night Football. Then they need to come home and beat the Bengals. Okay, so let me break down some of these things down a a little bit briefly and then we can go back at them, Dan. Okay, so the first thing is the Steelers just got just crushed by the Chiefs and they seem broken to me again. But when you go into Heinz Field on Monday night, it could be Ben Roethlisberger's final game ever in Heinz Field. There will be a lot of emotion. TJ Watt who should be a little bit more recovered from his cracked ribs is going to want to help give Ben a proper send off and give Baker Mayfield fits and be the best defensive player on the field. Same thing for Cam Hayward, Joe Schobert, Joe Hayden, some former Browns going to want to play really well crowd emotion, Ben, everybody's going to want to step up their game for him and they have everything to play for still really, because if they win their last two games, they can win the AFC North, believe it or not. Right. Okay, so that's that game. Not going to be easy, but they need they they can beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. They should beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. But again, not going to be easy, but it can be done. While that's going on, the Bengals are going to be playing the Chiefs. Now, one might think, well, that's an easy uh, answer. The Chiefs are going to win their ninth straight game and blow out the Bengals. Well, you know what? the Bengals can get into a shootout with the Chiefs, whereas the Browns right now could not get into a shootout with the Chiefs. The Bengals can do that. So they might match up well. And Dan, as you and I have talked about a few times, 
you know, they, they might not keep the streak going forever. They've won eight games. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. Um, but that's a game potentially that the Bengals can win, but I still think the chiefs are going to win it. I still think the chiefs are going to beat the Bengals, which, you know, which keeps the Brown Browns viable. Now, the, if the Bengals rise up and upset the Chiefs, the Browns are done. The Browns are done. And Joe Burrow knows that. And this team, that team, they feel sort of like the world is against us. Nobody respects us. They know that they control their destiny if they just go out and beat the Chiefs at home. And they're going to bring some energy to that football game. And if they do that, then it is over for the Browns because they are not making a wild card. They're not getting a wild card spot. And that would be it. They would, they're not getting, they would, the Bengals would be at 10 wins. Browns are done for winning the division, but anyways, so, but it's not out of the realm of possibility that the chiefs will win next week, that the Browns will win next week. Then when you go ahead and look at the, at the Bengals game, you know, the Browns, beat the Bengals 41 to 16. So it's not like they do match up well against the Bengals. It's not like, you know, Oh my God, there's, you know, no way they can beat the Bengals. I mean, they killed the Bengals the first time they played. Them. Now, do I think that's going to be the outcome this time? I, I don't know. I don't think it's going to be like that because I think they reveled the heck out of Jamar chase and just like freaked him out to the point where he couldn't function after that first interception. It was over, but you know, he's matured a lot since then. And he's playing, he's playing some really, really good ball. Now, Denzel Ward having a hell of a season, Pro Bowl season. So anyways, I, you know, I, I, I could go either way, but I still think that the Browns can beat the Steelers and can beat the Bengals. They can because of their defense and their running game. So let's take it from there, Dan. So here, here's what I'll say about the Steelers. And I'm about to say nice things about the Pittsburgh Steelers. So mark this down, I guess. The Steelers have kind of been broken all season. Mm-hmm. And yet they've just found a way to turn all these games they play into rock fights. Mm-hmm. And to me, that game against Kansas City was just like, as soon as Kansas City started going, like that was it. It was done. It was over. There was nothing Pittsburgh was going to do in that football game. It was just a, I'm, I'm not looking at that result and saying like, Oh, the Steelers are done. Now, granted, I said the Steelers were done back in April, but it's a different time, <laughs> but I'm, I'm just even, I, I have it here in, in front of me, you know, so the Steelers lost to Cincinnati 41 to 10 back on back in week 12. And then they turned around and they, they just turned that Baltimore game the next week into this ugly, nasty game. And they win when Baltimore fails on that two-point conversion. Mm-hmm. They turn around and lose to Minnesota. Now, that game was closer. It ended up closer than it was. But Minnesota was blowing them out of the water. The Steelers end up coming back and, and having oh. a chance to win at the end, but they don't do it. And then they turn around against Tennessee. And again, turn that game into a rock fight. And, and they win despite just giving up a, like 200 rushing yards to the Titans. Mm-hmm. So the, uh, the Browns should beat the Steelers, but they also should have beaten the Steelers on Halloween. And so I'm just not ready to look at that Chiefs game and say, well, that's it. Steelers are, are toast. I, they're good enough. And with all the emotion of that game and everything that's going to go into it, Mike Tomlin, I, I still, again, he'll make head scratching decisions like kicking field goals down 30 points. 
but he's going to have that team ready to go and ready to, he's watching that green Bay film and saying, Minka, go get the football, Joe, Joe Hayden, go get the football. Mm-hmm. So the, the Browns just aren't the chiefs. Like their offense is not the chiefs offense. It's apples and oranges. So that's the thing that I, I'm just I'm trying not to get too caught up in that chiefs result going into this game. Right. And uh, in some ways, I, I still think that the Steelers match up. Their defense seems to match up fairly well yeah. against the Browns offense, especially with Jack Conklin out. You know, I mean, if they can get if they can get rolling on uh, if they can get rolling and, and get that pass rush going. And if T.J. Watt has that kind of a game, then, uh, you know, the kind of game that he has been having where he just dominates the game, then. Um, you know, they can make it a long, long day for the Browns. And you can see, I mean, you and I have covered enough Steelers games. We know Joe Schobert well enough. We know Joe Hayden well enough. We know the Steelers mentality. We know what it's like to be in Heinz Field. We know how Ben Roethlisberger feels about this football team and beating the Browns. We know how those defenders all feel about Baker Mayfield and wanting to beat him. I mean, if they bring all of that energy and emotion and knowing that they can try to get to the playoffs for Ben Roethlisberger in likely his last season in the NFL. There's a lot riding on this game for those guys. The reason why the Cleveland, (laughs) excuse me, the reason why the Browns were able to go in there and beat them the way that they did was because honestly, they got themselves so worked up over the whole Juju Smith Schuster thing that they were just out of their minds. I mean, they were out of their minds and they came with an energy that the Steelers were not ready for. And that snap over the head, you know, when you start off a game like that, I mean, they were done then. They were done after that first recovery in the end zone for the touchdown. It was, it was, it it was over. And uh, they could never, well, I mean, they did make it a game, obviously, but still, you know, that was, they, they lost them at hello. So it's, it's going to be, it's going to be huge. It's on Monday night football. I mean, there, there's, there are so many storylines and so many things to, to be fired up about for both sides about this game. Um, but, you know, and the other thing to consider is Baker has to try to come back and play with confidence after a football game in which he was nearly picked off six times, maybe seven, <laughs> right? Right. Yeah maybe more like seven. I mean, he was 2019 Freddie Kitchens Baker. He was trying to do too much pressing wild Baker Mayfield. And if that's the same guy that he is in Pittsburgh and he throws the ball to Minka Fitzpatrick, they're not going to win. They, they need him not to turn the ball over. And that's also going to t- dictate the play calling again. Yeah, I mean, that that's how you beat Pittsburgh. You start fast. You just, like Kansas City, like Minnesota, you, you've got to start fast. But if, it, if this game is, I don't know, 10-7 in the middle of the second quarter, then buckle up because you're, you're going to be in for 60 minutes of just 60 minutes of hell from the Pittsburgh Steelers. That, that's what they try to do. They try and make it really ugly, get it to the fourth quarter, and just try and make a play. And, and they've been able to do that seven times this year. And, and couldn't you just see Ben Roethlisberger giving the, the emotional 
pregame speech, the win one for the Gipper speech, right? I mean, if he lets know, you know, maybe not for sure, but if he kind of lets them know before the game how much, much this means to them, I mean, they can bring the level of emotion to that game, maybe not quite as much, but pretty close that the Browns brought to the wild card game. The other thing is TJ Watt, who, I mean, when he gets going, he can be pretty darn amazing. And again, the Browns are challenged at the tackle spots right now. Um, But he has time to heal up. There's an extra day. There's an extra day to heal up. So because it's the Monday night game, you know, if he's feeling good, and those guys are in good shape with, you know, their health. And of course, nobody knows. It seems like the Browns are over their COVID outbreak. That that seems like they, theirs kind of hit for them better than some other teams now. Yeah, they've only got, what, like eight guys on the list right now? And only, yep. let's see, Jordan, let's see, JC, the contributors or starters, Greg yep. Newsom, yep. JC Treader, Jordan Elliott, uh, and Chase McLaughlin. Yeah, Elijah Lee plays a ton of special team snaps, but I'm just talking about offensive and defensive guys. So, so they're pretty much back to full strength or as full strength yeah. as they've been. Yeah. And I mean, we were, we were texting about this earlier, earlier today, the, um, the Bengals backup quarterback went on the list. I mean, could you imagine if Joe Burrow gets to this point in the season and all of a sudden tests positive for COVID and can't play against the chiefs or can't play against the Browns? I mean, could you even imagine you never should have made those comments. I know. You can't. You can't the wow. minute he said that, it was just a foregone conclusion that it was going to get him at some point. Now, obviously, it hasn't yet. We should make that clear. It has not. It was Brandon Allen that tested positive. But the reason that that kind of perks your ears up is because once it hits a room, that's when that spread can start. And you just you can't say stuff like you did a few weeks ago. No. And if 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 nobody knows what we're talking about, he was talking about uh how there's nothing to do in cincinnati we don't go out here so we're not getting COVID. (laughs) famous last words right so you know who knows i mean hopefully uh everybody stays healthy that's the most important thing and hopefully COVID 19 doesn't uh you know just completely ruin all of these division races in the playoffs and all of that all right well like you said we get a long week ahead uh as the browns and steelers are going to play on monday night football um, look, this is what the NFL wants for these division races to come down to these games. And they've certainly got it uh, in the AFC North here as we go into week 17 and week 18. So of course we'll cover it all at cleveland.com slash Browns. Make sure you're a podcast subscriber. Uh, anywhere you listen to your podcast, get subscribed. So these show up right on your phone or whatever device you use to listen uh, as soon as I hit publish on these. And then also be a football insider subscriber. I was just helping somebody get subscribed yesterday. Um, so I'm, I'm going to look that up here real quick. I'm going to give him a shout out. I was helping somebody figure out how to get subscribed to be one of our texters. So shout out to Zach, um, who is one of the Buckeye text subscribers. And now he's going to be joining us on football insider. So cleveland.com slash Brown's the blue banner at the top of the page to get all that info and get signed up. And Hey, maybe, maybe you forgot a Christmas present this past weekend. So there's still time. Somebody has a, a late Christmas present. Mary Kay, I'll talk to you later. Sounds great. Uh,